Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. You should celebrate yourself every day. But some days, you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to Two Black Guys with Good Credit, the show for the financially curious and the financially knowledgeable. In honor of Black History Month, we've been spotlighting Black-owned businesses all month long, talking to great entrepreneurs, and today is no different. Uh, we have a special guest for you, but before we get into it, let's give you some back some, some back information, some backstory. Karen, take it away. Okay, I'm so, so psyched for today's episode. It combines a couple of my very favorite things, which is Black History Month and beauty. <laughs> so today we're focused on the black beauty supply industry. I think we don't talk about this a lot, but today we're talking about an industry where black women spend an estimated $7.5 billion annually. The big B, the big B, huh? Billions uh-huh. with a big B, right? And it's, you know, I think people think it's this very niche market, but it's, it's huge. It's a huge chunk of the market of hair care. Uh, however, for a very long time, the majority of black beauty companies were not black owned. And so in recent years, what we've been seeing is a rising number of Black-owned beauty businesses that cater to Black people and Black needs and Black beauty needs, and a shift and growing momentum for Black women to patronize Black-owned beauty services and products and have more of a say in where their money goes and how they want to spend it. Yeah, Karen, like, people don't know like how much money is spent and then how little we actually own. You know, it's, and, you know when I used to go into the Black beauty stores, and I'm just thinking these products are owned by people of color and really and truly they're not. So this is why I think we have a very important guest. You know, give me a little drum roll here about this about this guest that we have today, guys. Karen, can I get your Jewish drum roll, please? Why is it gotta be a Jewish drum roll? <laughs> <laughs> well, because it's a little bit offbeat, but that's okay. Well, today's guest is an entrepreneur and leader in the black hair and beauty industry. Talia Wajid, she's a hairstylist and the queen of curly, coily natural hair care. Her quality products help promote healthy hair using natural ingredients, fruits, and herbal extracts. This brand has been killing it for over 25 years. So without further ado, let's introduce Miss Talia Wajid. Welcome to the show, young lady. Thank you for having me. 
Talia, we are so excited to have you. We heard so many great things about your journey. So can you give our, our listeners a little idea about you know, how you came up and how you brought your, your company to where it's at? Tell us a little bit about your journey. Okay, so my journey started a long time ago <laughs> when I was very young. I always loved to do hair. And um, I started out just doing my hair, doing my doll's hair. And the next thing you know, I was doing my neighbor's hair. And my hair, um, definitely, because my mom would not allow me to put chemicals in my hair. So all my friends had these perms and, you know, straight hair. And I had to find out how to comb this big, kinky hair that I had. <laughs> and so um, it really is, it was my introduction to my love affair with natural hair. So I'm so happy that my mother did not allow me to get a relaxer, even though later on I got one, because you know, you always do what your parents tell you not to do. <laughs> so, right. But anyway, so um, yeah, through learning how to um, comb my own hair, I had to you know, kind of figure out how to comb the hair and I found myself just looking around the house, picking up um, lotion and oil and back then Vaseline, just whatever, you know, could add some moisture to my hair. So I figured out that that's what would make it easier to comb my hair was, you know, products that had some kind of moisture or lanolin or something back then. And so um, that was really my introduction to learning how to manage my hair as coyly as it was. And I just fell in love with it. I, I fell in love with the fact that I, if I wanted to wear it straight, I could. And if I wanted to wet it and wear it bushy, I could, you know, so. And just so, um, you know, there, started, hmm? just so you know, you know, I am a natural hair person myself with dreadlocks, not like Jerry Curl Matt, you know. We, uh, <laughs> I feel you on that natural look, you know, I've always looked to, I've always admired people that were able to keep it natural and make it look good. And like you said, wear it in many different ways. So I, I like your story. Yeah. Yeah. So that was like the beginning. And then from then I started doing hair and started getting paid. So, you know, I like doing hair and I like getting paid. So I figured out how can I keep that up? And um, I got my first job um, braiding here in the braid salon, and I just fell in love with the whole atmosphere of it and the whole um, opportunity to learn how to do business and do what I actually loved. And so from there, I you know, eventually opened my own salon. I trained other stylists. And um, I'm the type of person I'm always looking for, what is the next challenge? You know, what's the next challenge? I have a dream. I say, I'm going to do this. I do it. And then I'm like, okay, what's next? How else can I challenge myself? And so after I got my salon, I had stylists. I started teaching people how to do, you know, the, the technique that I did, which was a very special technique of adding extensions without seeing the knots. And so after that, I said, you know, what else could I do? And so I noticed that my customers were asking after I did their hair, oh, you know, what do I put on it now? And I didn't have anything to tell them to put on it because there was nothing available on the market back then for natural hair or people that didn't want to use chemicals in their hair. And that and, was. And what you know, year are we talking? Oh, we're talking back in, let me see. So that had to be 90. In the Around 90s? that okay. time, yeah, okay. in the 90s, and um, late 80s, too, because I had my salon in late 80s and, um, in New York. I'm from New York City. And so, um, yeah, I said, you know, I need to come up with a product line or something, you know, so that I can service my customers when they leave here. I can have something that they can use. 
And so I found a chemist and, um, you know, he listened, you know, because I went through a lot of chemists. They didn't want to listen because they didn't understand why someone would not want to have a perm in their hair. Wait, <laughs> Talia, Talia, just a quick question. Yeah. How do you find, how do you I, find I, a man, chemist? took my question. How yeah, do you, <laughs> go on the yellow pages, let <laughs> your finger, like, what? what, what? <laughs> no, so um, it's, you know, I'm just a determined person for one thing, right? And so I, I've always learned that if you want something, you have to put yourself in that environment so you can, you know, make it manifest. And so pretty much that's what I did. I just start asking people questions. I'll go to the beauty supply store, you know, well, how do you, you know, read on the back of the um, the jars and just try to just figure it out. And so I believe that through me doing that, I met a, a person that was a chemist. <laughs> and so, um, and, and, and you know that's how that happened there. But um, I think nowadays you can just Google somebody. <laughs> nowadays <laughs> it's a lot easier now. So but, did you help uh, them with the active ingredients? Did you like suggest ingredients? How did that even work yes. out? Like, yeah, I did suggest as much as I could based on what I knew. And what I knew was, you know, I explained to him the things that I would put in my hair to make it softer and more manageable. And it was interesting because he was very open. He wanted to learn about what I was talking about as opposed to trying to make me uh, just go with what he had. And so it was a very great exchange in, um, of knowledge. And so he used his information based on his experience with, you know, um, ingredients and things that he used. And I used mine with knowing what I felt like hair needed based on my experience. And together we talked about um, natural ingredients, some extracts and different things. So I learned a lot too, because I didn't even know about all of those things. And so yeah, I got a chance to learn that. And so, you know, I came out with the first collection of products that were formulated for people that did not want to wear chemicals in their hair. And that was back in 1996. I, had I just want to summarize what you just said, yeah. because, you know, for, for our listeners, they may not understand like what you just dropped were so many valuable gems about mm -hmm. entrepreneurship, about the determination and will, about understanding that, you know, you can, I always believe, you know, if the door is not open for me, I'm going to go through the window, I'm going to go through the cellar, but I'm going to get through that door. And obviously you had no experience in chemistry or even making products, but you had this will and this grind and this, I'll call it, you know, this New York hustle about you that I'm going to get it done. I don't care right. what my resume says, or I don't care what people say I'm, I'm doing here in a salon, but I want to go a little deeper with my product and service my customer. And because of that, you know, I call it what I call it, you went fishing and you right. caught it like you caught a fish, you leveraged that opportunity and you found somebody that shared, envisioned your dream, that understood what you were looking for to put together a product. And that is like, you can't teach that, you know, you just have to have that you know, know how and understanding and confidence in yourself to be able to say, I'm going to make it work. Because the person that's insecure and, and second guess himself would not have made it past step B. <laughs> they would have still right. been at step A in the salon. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. And it's about who you surround yourself with. So I'll tell you something a little interesting. So um, I grew up in New York City in Harlem. Where in New York? Harlem? I knew um, it was yeah, there. I was going to say it. You got so you got learned by them Africans taught you how to braid, right? Come no, here, young girl. No, I did not. No, I did not. As, as a matter of fact, it was just a God-given gift. It was perfected by a lady that had um, visited Africa a lot. And so, you know, I learned a lot from her. And so... Um, I grew up in the hood pretty much, right? And so, you know, I was surrounded by whatever goes on in the hood. So when you see nice things in the hood is normally they're generated by, you know, illegal things. <laughs> and so that's what I, that's all I knew. And so when I um, 
started, you know, doing here. I started getting out of the neighborhood and going into, um, you know, salon and, you know, got my own booth and all of that. And so the type of hair that I did, um, well, the type of technique that I did was like really special and I charged a lot for it. You know, the lady that taught me, she, you know, kind of taught me that. And so I had these clients that would come from Connecticut, from all these high-end places. They had these big jobs and, you know, spoke well, drove nice cars, nice clothes and all these things like that. So this is about exposure here, right? This is very important. It's about exposure and how exposure can make a difference in people's lives. And so when I started seeing these ladies with, you know, these nice things and you know, they had jobs, they, you know, were not, you know, in the hood, you know, but they had nice things too. And so it made me think, okay, well, I can, you know, be a up, you know, standing citizen person and yeah, nice things like these ladies. And so one thing that they will always share with me is that they would tell me, you're so lucky. You're so lucky because you're doing what you love and you're making money doing it. And this is what you want to do. And, and they, you know, some would even share, I wish that I could, you know, just do what I really wanted to do. And, you know, but they chose to do that. But I guess I'm kind of getting off the subject, but I'm just talking about just how important exposure is those women have made such a big difference and impact in my life um, and made me feel like, okay, there's something else and I'm going to go 110% to get that. And that's what I did, you know, with my, you know, career. And that's where I am now. And that's why I try to spill that into other young ladies to let them know that, you know, this exposure is very important. And I bet you those same type of women you hire now. Or you hire the yeah, person. I do. Mm-hmm. I do. I hire those. I pay them a lot too. <laughs> <laughs> Were there any moments of like genuine insecurity where you're like, what did I get myself into? You know, like, no. did you never, not once? Can no. you not tell by this young lady's voice? Do you see that confidence <laughs> filling out? Like, I'm loving I am so attracted not to one time. You don't see that confidence. And you know what? Um, and I have to, I can't take 100% um, credit for that because I did come to a point in my life where I felt like, wow, you know, I've done everything. I can, you know, pay my bills. I could buy anything I want. And, but something's still missing. Um, like I said, I grew up in, you know, the hoods. So I'm always trying to better myself. You know, I didn't like the way that I spoke. And so I started listening to the way people spoke, put myself around people that I wanted to speak like. And I found this wonderful mentor that, um, you know, not only, you know, taught me business and a lot of um, good gems about that because that was that's what was missing. Your hustle can only take you so far. You have to be open. Oops, you have to be open to furthering your knowledge and you know educating yourself more. Else, you're going to become stagnant. Okay, no matter how much money you have, money doesn't. Well, for me, I'll say money doesn't really um, complete me. I have to be stimulated mentally. You know, I have to always be learning something more. And so, um, yeah, I had a great mentor that, you know, just helped me with, you know, things that when I did feel like I would question myself, mm-hmm. you know, I had somebody to run things past. But in reference to just being afraid of making a move or, um, you know, taking a chance because I might lose, I think that when you lose is a lesson. So you, you win in the end if you just understand that, okay, that didn't work. What am I supposed to learn here? Right. And you ask those questions and you try to find the answers and, you know, you move on from there. 
And how did the people in your life react, especially as you got more successful? You know, like you, you want to think that everybody who loves you is going to be so proud of you and so on your side. But was that the case? Did you ever have the opposite of people maybe that you thought were going to be unconditionally on your side, maybe feeling jealous or, or just having a reaction you didn't expect? Some, but you know, and I won't say I didn't expect. Um, <laughs> yeah, I kind of expected the ones that I had the, those kind of reactions from because yeah. I don't keep a lot of people in my circle anyway. So yeah, I'm a genuine friend, so I kind of like to have genuine as many as I can around me. So when it right. flared up, I that those people I knew those were the ones that were going to respond like that. Yes, right, right. So Talia, t talk about the early part of your um, your your business, and, and I, I know I, as Karen mentioned in the open, we talked about how the the black beauty industry, um, black women spend a whole lot of money in this in this in this space, but in terms of ownership, we haven't always owned a lot of this space. So talk about what it was like for you, a young black female entrepreneur in the black beauty space. You know, when I came to it, it was dominated by men, mostly black men. You know that sold um, a lot of the uh, hair care products that uh, black women used back then. Since then, a lot of those companies have sold to non-black uh, companies. You know, okay. which is a whole nother conversation. Um, yeah, but for me, uh, it, it, I don't really challenging. I just, you know, this may sound kind of you know airy and stuff, but I really believe that I was just so driven and so determined that. I just wanted it so bad, you know, so that, um, you know, it just seemed Couldn't like everything stopped. just started coming together for me. It just seemed like right. it was coming together. Uh, I did have some pushback from, you know, the beauty supply stores at first because, you know, we're talking about the shelves were like 98% all relaxers back then. So it was like a real store. It's nothing like now. You just pop up a product and go on the internet and sell it. Back then, you had to really, you know, had something to fight with, you know, convincing these people that black women, some of them really don't want relaxes, but they're looking at their cash registers ringing with nothing but relaxes. So that was a conversation, you know, kind of a little back and forth. And then I wound up meeting a, um, a sales rep. So the old saying about it's not what you know, it's who you know, it runs, rings true in this industry as well. And I think in that, any industry, so... Did you have investors or did you just start this on your own and just build it from New York out? Or did you have like, how, how did that process of just getting it on the shelves from your local store to beyond the neighborhood stores? Um, no, I didn't have any investors. So I've always been very conservative with my money. I <laughs> always made a nice amount of money. I was a teenager, my first job, and I've always saved. So, um, you know, I don't like borrowing you know, money, you know, unless it's, if it's not necessary. So no, I did not have investors. So I got it on the shelves because of my sales rep. My sales rep had relationships with these stores and I was able to get it on the shelves through the sales rep. That's in retail. Now in um, beauty supply stores, I was introduced to a distributor there and, you know, I sold my, uh, did a presentation and he, you know, took it in. And so that was, you know, that was one way that I got on the shelves inside of the beauty supply stores. But in retail, that's like Walmart and Target and those kind of stores, which is a lot more difficult. Have to know someone. And then once you get on the shelf, 
that's really when it, you know, the fun starts. You have to work your behind off to stay on the shelves because if you, you don't sell or you don't turn a certain amount, you're coming out. Well, let me just, let me just, let me go a little deeper with that. And let me just not underplay like, you know, how successful you are with that. I was so impressed. I mean, just for our listeners to know, your products are sold on Amazon. They're sold in Target. They're sold on Walmart. I, I, I recently bought it in Rite Aid. So, you know, for a black owned business to be on all those, have all that shelf space. Like, first of all, I know you just talked about it, but go a little deeper, like how the challenge of getting onto that shelf space and the challenge of maintaining yourself on that shelf space. How difficult is that to do? Well, the staying on the shelf is the most difficult part because you have to look at what um, the that customer is spending with you. You should take a percentage of that and put it back into trying to drive consumers to the store to purchase. If you don't, you're going to lose your space. So a lot of people look at it and say, well, I'm in, you know, I'm not have all this money rolling in and you start spending. You don't think that, okay, it's still a business. You have to invest it back into wherever it is or else it's going to come off the shelf, you know? And right now it's very competitive. There are a lot of, lot more um, black owned companies in this space. You know, a lot of young women that are really killing it, you know, which is really great. I like seeing it. Uh, but, you know, we're competing against each other. And against the big companies that have, you know, 20 times more budget than we have. So there's a lot to, you know, staying on the shelf. I think recently with, you know, unfortunately, uh, George Floyd's situation, you know, spurred up this, you know, black, black, buy black thing, which is great. Because we, right before then, we were going through a, a, a issue of these really large companies mimicking what a small black companies are doing. You know, they already have these strong relationships with these um, retailers and they have all the shelf space, but it's not enough. They want hours too. you know, the little bit that we have. So they go and, and then they see the, um, the increase of interest in natural hair. So they convert their products to now they're natural and we're competing with these big conglomerate companies. So, so how do you, with it. what's your process like to keep innovating, right? Like, so that means you have to do it constantly, right? Like, like a shark, if it stops swimming, it dies. Yes, <laughs> like, pretty much. You have to always stay a step ahead, a step ahead. So what, is, what does that look like for you on like actually a day-to-day -day process? How are you like scouting ideas? I'm just really connected to the consumer, with what the customer wants, with my customer needs. I am the customer. You know, remember this story? My mom would let me relax my hair. So I know the struggle. I know the, uh, the joy, you know, of having it, you know, your hair react the way you want it to react. I know what the hair needs. So I'm always thinking about, you know, new um, products and, you know, innovation. But when you're talking about not putting chemicals in your hair, it's just about making sure that the hair stays healthy, really. After that, you know, it's not much you can really, you know, do to do much innovation, unless you're coming up with some kind of a tool or something that's going to, you know, maybe heat the hair and do something else to maybe straighten it temporarily. So what was it like getting into men's products then? So that was that a departure for you or was there like a man in your life who needed something or is that just like the natural next step? So I have seven brothers and um, I always wanted to do a men's line. And but I didn't want it to be associated so much with the Talia Wajid name, even though I had seven brothers with the Wajid name, the Wajid boys. <laughs> so um, I just I just remember my Uncle Jimmy. I have a real Uncle Jimmy. He's my mother's brother, my favorite uncle. 
And so I remember being a little girl and Uncle Jimmy would come around. I'd just be so excited because they lived in this brownstone in Brooklyn. He drove a bus. Brooklyn. (laughs) (laughs) That's where I'm uh, from. Okay. Yeah, he lived in this really nice brownstone. They had all these nice things. And so Uncle Jimmy would come around. He smelled nice. Dressed (laughs) nice. He always was sharp, his hair in place, and just a nice-looking man. And um, he was just so nice. And... um, and I just, that was my favorite uncle. And so when I thought about the name, I said, you know what? I'm going to name this after Uncle Jimmy. So I called my brothers and I told them. They said, yeah, that's good. Yeah, we should name it after Uncle Jimmy. And so I called Uncle Jimmy and he was so excited. And he said, okay, baby, go ahead. Go ahead and name it after me. I like that. Go ahead and name it. <laughs> so he started telling all his friends. But um, yeah, son named it after Uncle Jimmy, not just because of that, because of his his whole lifestyle that I've seen when he was a young guy, very handsome, you know, all the ladies loved him. Then he went from that stage, he sung, he sung in doo-wop, you know, and then from that stage, you know, he married, had family. He always wanted to be a cowboy as a little boy. So when he retired from sell, um, driving the bus in the city, he sold his brown, his yeah, brown phone and moved to Tennessee and bought a farm and had everything that a cowboy would have on the farm. He had these beautiful horses, chickens, all of that. He had a farmhouse. So it's like he just lived his life. He did what he wanted to do. And um, he also, like, as he got old, he's like 77 now. I think when he was in his 60s and, you know, Katrina and all those, you know, um, things that happened where people needed assistance, he would, you know, just go fly out there and help with, you know, whatever way that he could. And so, you know, he gave back. He, um, yeah, I just thought it was just appropriate, you know. And I just looked at his life, the different stages as a young man to a middle age to an older man now. And it's just like the Uncle Jimmy man can be any man, you know. The question I have for you next is about um, a lot of black businesses that are owned, they say, you know, most of us are like small black businesses, you know, limited staff. and we all get stuck in how to go from small to medium to large. Um, is there anything, insights you can give to that young black entrepreneur, that young black girl that has her hair products, that's doing her thing and she's trying to scale up? You know, What are your suggestions, any insight and in how, how best to do that? Um, my answer is to look at your numbers. Don't listen to what people say. Oh, you should do this. You should do that. You, you know, you write that stuff down because it's always good to have ideas and input from people, especially consumers. But your numbers are going to tell you what to do. So you your always you. yeah, your numbers are going to tell you. Oh, okay. So if we're up twenty percent this year, maybe I can do this, this, and that. But if you're looking at your numbers and they're saying something, okay, we're down or this item is down. And don't do another one of those items. You know, this is, it's, it's always, this, for me, the story is in the numbers. So I, I was going to say, I would believe that. I look. And so, and that's what, that's what I think a lot of us miss. We get so caught up in having a business and, you know, just being the boss and, you know, I can do what I want or this is mine, mine, mine. But, um, and, and then you have to decide to, do you want, how big do you want to be? Because not everyone wants to be a big business. You know, some people want to have their business and they just want to have it where they're, they get to a comfort zone and they're good. You know, some people may want to be really large. So you have to think about that too. You know, am I going to borrow money now? Am I going to you know, wait to borrow it? You know, but like I said, if you understand your numbers, the numbers are going to tell you what to do. 
Talia, you were talking about, you know, kind of recognizing what size business you want to be. You know, everyone's not trying to be Amazon or, you know, but right. but in terms of your own growth, like, are you, what are you trying to do? Are you kind of in the right lane or space right now where you want to take it? Well, um, yeah, we are continuing to grow. We do want to grow more. I'm not exactly sure, you know, how large, you know, I, I, once I had a number, but I'm looking at that number now to see, okay, do I want to work this hard to do this at this point in my life? Right. Or do I want to pass it to you know, kids to start working hard to do it? You know, so I'm at that point now where I'm, I'm just not really sure, you know. But that's how I feel today. <laughs> I might wake up tomorrow with some big idea that I want to do. So also another thought is how difficult or easy or how important is like delegating or like as you grew your business, like people who are running your your packaging and manufacturing and your sales and all the different divisions, like how difficult was that to manage this whole company? Is that been a challenge or has that been pretty easy for you? Um you know, when I look back and I'm still and I look back and say, wow, that's a, I do a lot of stuff. This is a lot. <laughs> but as long as I'm in it, it's just it's natural for me. It's natural for me to you know talk to sales, talk to marketing, you know, talk to the plan. I was just at the plant the other day and uh, you know, just have all these different conversations in my head. And I think it's so natural for me because I started the business so small. And, you know, I used to I turned my garage into a um a packing place. So we used to pack boxes and ship stuff. And UPS used to come and we're, you know, so I know what it takes to, how long it takes to pack a box. I can go in that warehouse and, you know, pack a box to ship. You know, uh, when I'm talking to uh, the accountant about QuickBooks, I've been in QuickBooks. I've learned how to use it, you know, so I've done a little bit of everything. So, you know, sales, you know, I went and sold the products in myself, you know, so I've done everything that, that really has to do with my business. So when I'm having conversations with different people, it's, I think it's just easy because, you know, I've done it before. Well, you're dropping. Now, when I hire people, now when I hire people, I, you know, I look for people that, you know, are still in those spaces, but they know way more than I do. Well, you're dropping more gems again that people don't understand. And I'm I am like what you're saying in, in, in terms is like with even with my business, like there's when I have a logistics business, shipping business, and I tell my staff all the time. Everything I ask you to do, I've done already. Exactly. I know how long it takes. I know the work that's involved in it. So you can't tell me you can't get it done or how it's going to And I make sure that there's nothing in my business that I haven't done. And that's very important. And what I wanted to say earlier is even like, you know, I can already tell that you're the type of person that you know your business. You know, you're not my, my first boss at American Express. He told me like he'd always repeat to me, know your business. Like there's I don't think there's no accountant or lawyer. They, they assist you. Don't get me wrong but they can't tell you your business and they're not going to make decisions without you knowing exactly what you're deciding on. And a lot of people lose sight of that and they lose control of their business. They lose a the lack of understanding of their business because they're not understanding the no longer the basics of their business. And I think, you know, I'm not, I don't believe in micromanaging, but I do believe in managing. And I can tell your success is based on the fact that you really roll up your sleeves and understand your business inside and out from the numbers to the product, to the sales, to the staff. And, you know, I think, it's exceptional in how you conduct your business. Well, speaking of the product, Talia, like I just want to make sure our listeners know all the different. Like you got the Uncle Jimmy. Like what? What are your what are your main product lines for our listeners who want to try uh, any of your main products? Not want to try. Who want to support and go yeah, out and go. get it? 
I want to give you an opportunity to, to sell your brand here. So tell tell the people about all the different product lines. So we have um, our latest collection is the Apple and Aloe collection. We just added a new after shampoo conditioner that is fantastic. So the Apple and Aloe collection um, is sold in you know Walmart, all the stores that you mentioned in our Amazon, get it at naturalhair.org. That collection there is our latest collection. We say it's like the, you know, the woman on the go. You just don't have time to just do all, you know, be prepping in the mirror all the time. So we have like a one, two, three, you can shampoo, condition, style, you know, put a little oil on and you can go. So it's just, it smells phenomenal, works great. And then we have our protective styles collection, which is for women that like to wear wigs and weaves and braids and, you know, extensions. And so the ingredients for that are bamboo and biotin. Okay. So biotin helps with growth and bamboo is like just strong. So when you're, you know, doing those braids and sewing in that weave, your hair is being protected and coated and strengthening. Strength. You have something for that girl that, that did the gorilla glue to her head. You would have helped her. You could have helped her. You could have helped her. There's nothing we could do. For. Well, now we can help her now that the doctor, thanks to that doctor, helped her out. So, yeah, she has some hair. We got her now. We, we got her now. We're good. And no glue and none of these products. Here. <laughs> yeah, and then we have our Black Earth line, which is the line that I came out with in 1996, and that's the one that focuses on people that wear locks like you. Yeah, you know, you, you just connected because you know, 1996 is when I came to America. Then I have locks. Wow. Like, I, I see a connection. And you're from New York. I see a connection, man. I see a connection. Yeah, um, yeah. The stars are aligning. June 23rd, mm -hmm. 1996, I came to this country <laughs> and I have lots. Come on, say no more, Matt. Don't wow. even the carrots, say no more. <laughs> I'm moving to the ATL. I'm knocking on your door tomorrow. <laughs> well, we have some of the products up there where you are, so don't worry. And so, yeah, that's the Black Earth collection. And then we have our children's line too, Kinky Wavy Natural. And that's the children's line for, you know, curly hair, textured hair. Uh, yeah, so. That's of course Uncle Jimmy's to our Uncle Jimmy collection, which is like we have everything for a man. We have body wash, beard and body wash, um, uh, what is it? Beard growth oil, beard oil. We have the curl kicker for the guys that like to wear the curls on top of the hair. We even have a lock item. <laughs> we just came out with our shaving gel and shaving cream. So if you don't want to wear your beard, you said you think about cutting it. Oh, yeah, nah, I'm not ready to let it go yet. I have left in life, okay? Whatever you need, we have it. So, yeah. That's awesome. So, so, that's I, mm -hmm. so we, I have one last question for you. And that is, so, you know, you really are like, you remind me of, and I'm not saying you're not, you, you remind me of a really a true artist, you know, like an, an artist who puts the art first, especially when you're talking about, you know, look at the numbers, they dictate what you do. Um, Cause I think a lot of people become a little bit precious about it. They become very attached to what they're trying to do. And, you know, it's a give and take between people. Um, and so it's like, you know, it's tough to business size your art and to be less precious about it. And something that's interesting about you is that if you Google your own name, um, then actually very little comes up about you personally. It's, it's really about your products. You know, we see a lot about the stuff you offer, you know, what it does, different options, you know, your product lines, but not a ton about you, the woman specifically. And it's kind of reminds me of the really major, you know, 
name brand brands like Ralph Lauren, Marc Jacobs, whatever, you know, those brands that kind of speak for themselves and aren't so much, you don't have to buy into the person if you don't want, it's really about the product. So what does that feel like for you? How do, how, how good does that feel that your name is really synonymous with more of a brand than with something kind of personal about you? It feels good. It feels good yeah. that people trust my name, when they see Talia Wajid, they trust that brand. And some people, you know, when I go on my Instagram, they're like, wait a minute, I didn't even know you was a person. That's you. Congratulations. You should be very proud of that. Thank you. you. I'm gonna, I'm, we're gonna, this year, we said we're gonna, you know, do better with introducing people to myself. So, so, so you can get to know the Talia Wajid, me. It's just that I just have my head down, just working so hard. And so it's hard to, you know, kind of just talk about myself a lot. But you know, I know that's important nowadays with storytelling being so important. So yeah, that's something that we're definitely gonna um, in, include this year. You'll well, see a lot. Believe it or not, before we did the show, listen, she was like, I'm so shy. I don't say much. And I'm like, nah, this is going to be a long one. I think you say a lot, young woman. I think you say a lot. Oh, I, did, I did. I don't know if you guys know that I do the World Natural Here and Healthy Lifestyle event. I don't know if you heard of that before. I heard of it, yeah. the, yes, 23rd year? Is it 23rd yes, year? Yes, yes. This would have been I'm up with it, girl. I'm yes. <laughs> I remember I got, I was, uh, got an award with... Um, um, the Black Enterprise Magazine, Black, okay. Enter Black, and they had an event in um, in Florida. They went to a golf, they invited me to a golf resort and all that kind of stuff. And they had like barbering and stuff as part of one of the um, one of the events that was happening there. And they were giving out your products for free. That's why I got and I got the beard stuff. I got Uncle Jimmy products, all that kind of wow. stuff. When I was, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> so a little bit about the show. So um, this is our, this would have been our 23rd year in 2020. And it's a two-day weekend show and bringing over 30,000 consumers to this event, along uh, with about 200 of my competitors. <laughs> so, uh, but, you know, it's, yeah, it's like the watering hole for natural hair. So, yeah, I don't think we're going to do it this year again, probably not to next year because of COVID, you know, but, yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, we'll be there. All right. Well, Talia, we appreciate you coming on. Like I said at the beginning of the show, it's been Black History Month all month. And actually all year we celebrate Black history and Black business, but we've been putting an extra spotlight on the Black entrepreneur and we, are, we salute you for all the great work you're doing. So thank you for coming on and joining us. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. And it was very nice meeting all three of you. Oh, nice meeting you as well. Talia, what's your Instagram or social media if people want to follow you? It's Talia Wajid Brand. Um, and as a matter of fact, I just put a video yesterday from when I was at the plant the other day. People really liked it. I guess they like seeing me in the video, but it was it's kind of nice. And then Uncle Jimmy Products. Is it Uncle Jimmy? Yeah, Uncle Jimmy Products. Yeah, and Talia Wajid Brand, at Talia Wajid Brand, and at Uncle Jimmy Products. All right, so everybody out there listening, go out and support, get your products. Yes, we have everything you need. Thanks, Talia. Well, we have to take a quick break for our sponsors, but stay tuned. We'll be right back with the conclusion of this entrepreneur spotlight of Talia Wajid Natural Hair Products. Keep it locked. 
Hey, Matt and Sean, beard check. Me? I think you're talking to Matt. My beard is flawless, Karen, and I'm an athlete. And with the athlete that I am, I keep a flawless beard all the time. If by flawless you mean patchy, Sean, then maybe you're right. But I think this is a cry out for help for you. Don't worry. We got you, Sean. How can you possibly, Matt, improve perfection? <clears throat> well, Sean, Matt and I have something we want to tell you. Have you ever heard of Uncle Jimmy? Uncle Jimmy? That's right, Uncle Jimmy. It's a complete line of all-natural men's grooming products with incredible ingredients and no harmful chemicals. That'll tighten up any beard game like you wouldn't believe. But I'm already... Listen, Sean, all I'm saying is chicks really dig a man with a soft-smelling, awesome, gorgeous, perfectly groomed, nourished beard. Okay, okay, you got me, Karen. What's in these magical products? It's not magic, Sean. It's just some dope-ass ingredients like black seed oil, to repair skin and prevent ingrown hairs and acne. There's also honey to moisturize the skin and hair and aloe vera to nourish and strengthen for that next level beardy shine. All right, you got me. I'm listening. I'm the veganish man that I am. These ingredients sound wonderful. Keep going. Well, Uncle Jimmy's brand new extra curl kicker, moisturizing shave cream and smooth glide shave gel are a perfect place for you to start. You can find them at Rite Aid, Target, Sally's Beauty Supply and online at UncleJimmyProducts.com. Yes, that means even an old, no, I'm sorry, an experienced boomer like you can do it. <laughs> All right, guys, I don't say this too often, but thanks, man. I really mean it. Um, I'm looking forward to it. You guys are the best. I'm, I can't wait to go to UncleJimmyProducts.com and hook myself up. That's right. You can even use code BGGC for Black Guys Good Credit for 30% off on your entire order. Just go to UncleJimmyProducts.com and use code BGGC for 30% off. Yes, I cannot wait. Looking forward to the new, shiny, smooth, sweet-smelling, moisturized, way better Sean. I'm there, Karen. I'm coming to blow it up, hook it up with my new products and my new-looking, wonderful beard. UncleJimmyProducts.com. Let's get it. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hi, this is Janice Torres from Yo Quiero Dinero. If you own or operate a business, whether it's a local operation or a global corporation, partnering with Bank of America could be your smartest move. By teaming with Bank of America, you'll enjoy exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful, you'll make every move matter. Position your business to capitalize on opportunity in a moment's notice. Visit bankofamerica.com slash bankingforbusiness to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America N.A. Copyright 2024. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. 
LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome back to Two Black Guys with Good Credit. Today, we introduce you to successful entrepreneur Talia Wajid and her great brand, Talia Wajid Natural Hair Products. And she dropped a lot of gems on us. One thing uh, I took from her is her confidence. She had unwavering confidence in her uh, mission to make this product, and she didn't let anything stand in her way. So I definitely want to uh, take that and, and and use that in my, in my grind. So um, Sean, Karen, any thoughts, final thoughts? Yeah, I love hearing women speak about big business. I really love it. I love women hear, hearing speak about business in general, but really big business is so classically male dominated. And it always, always impresses me when a woman makes such big inroads. I mean, she's dominating a field and she said it herself, she has, you know, she, she, when she's around her competitors, there's hundreds of them and it's cutthroat and she's against huge bottomless companies like L'Oreal or whatever, people with literally endless money. And so for her to keep carving out this niche and not just doing that, but being so confident, like listening to her, I just don't doubt her. You know, you know, sometimes you talk to certain people and it's not really even, you know, she's very talented, but there's something a little bit, there's like another quality that you talk to some people and you just know they're going to succeed because they know they're going to succeed. And she's one of those people. And I, it, it, honestly, it's contagious. It rubs off on people. I think it comes through, they came through for us. Definitely. I'm always looking for that energy. It's so what I want. And it's going to come through the podcast too, for anybody who's listening. You know, if I, if I were, I'm going to listen to this episode probably more than once. Yeah. Um, I would say, you know, just to echo what you guys are saying, I loved her grit, her confidence, her grind, her, like her knowing when to pivot, her not, you know, knowing that she can expanding and even knowing to humble herself, like, Hey, I can step back and, you know, I can either decide to pass it on or continue to do what I do. I just think for all those listeners and that talk about wanting to be an entrepreneur, like she is a two example of what it takes to be successful, despite, yep. you know, the, the, what the mindset that you really need to have to achieve success. So, you know, I love speaking to like people like that. And I, and I think she was an awesome guest and she's just an awesome business person in general. So yeah, it was a great show. I definitely agree with you on that, Sean. And on that note, it's time we sign off. Like I always say, nothing changes if nothing changes. And I'd love that Talia changed the game from first doing hair to seeing a need and creating her business empire. I'm Matt Smith for Two Black Guys Good Credit, and I'm out. And I'm Kara Margolis, one third of Two Black Guys Who Good Credit. I say we never change the name. <laughs> and I had the best time talking to this awesome chick whose products seem really, really cool. I'm going to put them in my hair immediately. I don't care what anybody says about what I what what I decide to do with my natural hair. <laughs> and, um, and yeah, I loved it. I could talk to her endlessly, as I always say, and probably she would agree, is it's not what you have done, it's what you do next. You can always kill it. And I'm Sean, the better half of two black guys with good credit, and I'm just so happy to have this platform where I can speak to wonderful people like like Miss Talia Wajid. What a great guest. And like I say, Karen, your money is your money. Keep it in your damn pocket. And I'm out. See you soon, people. Hey, if you want to send us an email telling us how great this show was and how much you liked the episode, please email us at tbgwgc at gmail.com. And also, we're thinking of doing a Clubhouse. For all those that have iPhones and know about Clubhouse, 
Um, we want to have you on. We want our listeners to be able to rap with us, talk with us. The date is to be determined. But in the meantime, send us an email and let us know that you're interested in becoming part of our clubhouse so we can send you an invite. I think it'll be a lot of fun, right, guys? So, Absolutely. Yes, clubhouse it is, guys. Moving listen on out for that. Coming out soon. We're gonna be doing a, we're gonna be doing a clubhouse for all you listeners. Yeah, you're gonna have Karen there live to ask your questions and Maddie Matt as well. And of course, you know I'll be in his house. So listen out for when we announce the date on our clubhouse event. All right. I'm coming to the club and I'm out. <laughs> Not the his house. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hi, this is Janice Torres from Yo Quiero Dinero. If you own or operate a business, whether it's a local operation or a global corporation, partnering with Bank of America could be your smartest move. By teaming with Bank of America, you'll enjoy exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful you'll make every move matter. Position your business to capitalize on opportunity in a moment's notice. Visit bankofamerica.com slash bankingforbusiness to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America N.A. Copyright 2024. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.